0: Welcome to the IoT Idols podcast. I'm Ryan Cousins, co-founder and CEO of Critical. We help bring bleeding edge technology products to market through a combination of hardware and software modules and professional engineering services. We believe every innovator has a powerful collection of experiences and knowledge that can help inspire others in their field. If you have a story you'd like to share, stick around at the end of the show and we'll explain how you can be a guest on one of our upcoming episodes. In just 15 to 20 minutes, you could be the next IoT idol. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode.
1: Hello, and welcome to another great episode of IoT Idols, Innovators to Watch. I'm your host, Mike Freeman, special guest today, joined by Rahul Chaturvedi of VIE, VI Technologies. Uh, you can find more information at VI That's V I E Technologies.com. Thank you for being with us today. Uh, can you tell us a little, little bit more about yourself and VI Technologies? Yeah.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Uh, so, VI Technologies is a company that essentially provides a fully autonomous end to end predictive solution. Uh, for equipment of variety of kinds. So any kind of rotating equipment from motors, pumps, generator like the one behind me, <clears throat> uh, turbines, etc. So it's uh, it's completely uh, fully integrated end to end from sensor to gateways, to connectivity, to cloud, to intelligence to delivery. We provide everything. Uh, so that's our uh that's our b- uh, product right now that is commercial and we're going to be commercializing a similar product very soon for electrical side.
1: very so, cool and,
2: yeah as far as my my background is concerned it's largely all electrical engineering a variety of times some software some electrical started out uh, early you know back in uh very early 90s uh working on drones uh qf106 drones uh, you know Uh, Miss distance indicators, etc, then moved on to doing some NASA space station design work for and and from there to Motorola in the early handsets and pagers Uh, uh, spent five years at Qualcomm uh, in in a variety of roles at Qualcomm uh, for handset design and from there I just left and moved to a very small company uh, at the time called Novotel Wireless, uh, where I uh, was uh, leading engineering, and uh, I ended up inventing a couple of things that you might have used. The, or the old uh, mobile hotspot uh, 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 technology, which was called MyFi back then, but now it's all in the phone. So I invented that. Uh, mm-hmm. I also invented the uh, USB stick, that uh, that 3G USB stick that you could use at Sprint, and AT&T, Vodafone. You can just plug it in your laptop. Now, I don't know if anybody uses that anymore, but I did that. Uh, and, and then from there, moved on to more healthcare technology areas. Spent five years there and then started by technologies.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you for inventing that stuff because it's made life uh, a lot easier. And uh, we certainly need people like yourself uh, continuing to innovate.
2: Well, thank you. It was fun. Uh,
1: where are you guys located?
2: We're in San Diego, California.
1: Awesome. I went to the zoo when I was a kid, but that's uh, to the extent uh, in Southern California. Yeah, oh, the world-famous
2: San Diego Zoo, of course.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, so it's safe to say that you've been in uh, uh, the technology industry a couple decades?
2: Yeah. more. you know, I date myself, but yeah, more than that. Over 25 years.
1: Awesome. That's that's great. I'm, I went to uh, Cape Canaveral. I'm in Orlando. I went to Cape Canaveral a few weeks ago and uh, I'm reading the Martian right now. Uh, I'm, I'm very into uh, technology and space and uh, how it can make our lives easier and make business more efficient. And um, so why don't you explain how some of your uh, products, I know you have the uh, mounted battery ultrasonic solution um, can you explain to some of our listeners how this not only makes their lives easier, um, but how industries and business can use this technology?
2: Yeah, so the current solution we have is not ultrasonic. It's vibration, triaxial vibration, and temperature. And, it's, and vibration is not something that we came up with. That, that science has existed for a very long time. Uh, The idea was, but the the issue was that you required a subject matter expert to go out. And if you had a specific equipment, you had to go, the person had to go in and take the data and interpret the data and provide reports. And you could only afford that person for big equipment, you know, multi-million dollar coin like the one behind me, uh, and and only maybe once or twice a year if you could afford that much. But uh, what happened was, let me tell you just the story of how we came to be. Sure. so i don't know if you're familiar with the Monterey bay here in california Uh, there's a place called pacific grove in Monterey bay and uh, pacific grove had a massive sewage spill back in 2015 and that sewage spill was they traced it down to a pump station and turns out uh, i i I think uh you know it's been a while but i think it was a valve that failed on a pump and it failed open and therefore flooded the whole thing and caused millions of dollars worth of cleanup and damage etc and it kept coming to me as, well why in the 21st century we couldn't predict that this was going to happen and we couldn't intercept it and and that basically what started the company because i mean i kept thinking about it and at that time i was working for someone and 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 and, and it just that there was just a nagging feeling that wouldn't go away. And I kept researching and researching and couldn't find anything that works for a pump and you know, lower cost uh, machinery, which is vast majority of machinery. Very few equipment are million dollar equipment. You know Most of them you're talking about 10,000, 20,000, $30,000 equipment. But what it told me, the information that I derived from, was, from it was, it's not the cost of the equipment it's the impact of its failure that matters. So it doesn't right. matter if it's a 20 horsepower motor, if, but if it goes down and takes out your entire uh, you know, plant, that's, that's a huge problem. Or if a compressor goes down and now everybody's sitting on their hands, uh, that's a massive loss. And so I went out to design and come up with, uh, with together with my CTO, a, a solution that was highly, highly scalable, that you could apply to any high kind of rotating equipment and at uh for any whatever the price of the equipment or the cost of the equipment it, 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 it were irrelevant, and any type was not relevant. And in order to create scalability, what you had to do is make it fully autonomous. Meaning if you had in human human beings inter you know intervening in any stage of the from the data collection to the information delivery that's not scalable because human beings are just hard to train they have you know variety of their good days and bad days and you know they take vacation etc that you can't apply on a massive scale so that's what we set out to do and and then we kind of graduated in that space and kind of uh, got to the next level of understanding which is what's more important is it data or is it actionable information? And came to the conclusion the actionable information was more important. And so similarly, we just kind of get, you know, step-by-step, step-by-step got into it. And that's what we today deliver is a fully autonomous system together with the data, by the way, so that you can, you know, you don't have to trust the artificial intelligence. You can, if you have a subject matter expert, you could just verify it yourself right but uh, so j- just to give you the comfort that you know that that we are making good decisions but what we do deliver is specific information like uh, you're having a shaft misalignment or your bearings are going out or you have dynamic imbalance developing or the pump is having cavitation or the vacuum pump filter is clogged things like that so that's the level mm-hmm. of detail we provide so somebody can do something about it and the ultrasonic is the next product we're uh, uh, going to be putting out
1: very cool. Uh, can you tell us more about that product?
2: Yeah, so that one right now we're focusing that on the electrical side. So if you look at switch gears and panels and transformers and and such, you see uh, you know a lot of safety issues as well as uh, you know uh, downtime issues, uh, where caused by the electrical problems generally don't happen. People think it's just a Oh, everything was fine. And then boom, electricity is out. That's not how it goes. They develop a different voltage uh, spectrum, high voltage, medium voltage, low voltage. There's uh, this phenomenon called Corona development, generally happens on the medium and high voltage, but the arcing and tracking and, you know, insulation wear and all those things, mechanical stress on cables that cause problems to happen. That's a typical electrical uh, uh, scenario. Now, I'll tell you an example. One of our customers that we're talking to uh, said, look, we have electrical panels. We haven't opened them in 10 years. And the reason why they don't do that is because there's a massive safety risk. You have to dress up like you're going to uh, Mars before you can open an electrical panel because you don't know what's behind it. So the ultrasonic is, it turns out, using ultrasonic, you can actually pick up a lot of these specific problems and these problems create specific type of signatures. Again, in the world, there are lots of handheld Hunter when you send somebody with headphones on, who'll just go and point it at that particular transformer or that switch gear and get a pickup signal. But there's nothing that is fully autonomous, permanently mounted, battery operated with a 10 year battery life, totally wireless that gives you this information on a mobile app that's right. what we do for for the vibration side for the mechanical side and that's what we're doing for electrical side giving you the entire information on a mobile app with a 10 year battery life sensor permanently mounted you know you can epoxy it on or, or you know magnetically attach it and 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 then get the whole uh, you know get the entire value proposition delivered to you instead of saying, Oh, I bought the sensor from here. I'm going to use this guy's uh, platform. I'm going to use this guy's connectivity in industry doesn't have the time or the bandwidth to integrate all that. We do it for them.
1: Excellent. So what's the biggest obstacle, uh, that your company faces in either explaining or demonstrating this product uh, obvious, uh, the, Pacific Grove, I'm sure it was too late at that point. Uh, But like this company with the electrical panels, uh, what's the biggest obstacle getting them to switch to your, you know, your device?
2: So in anything predictive, the issue is the trust. How do you generate trust? Because, you know, what you're forced to do is to prove the negative. How, how do you how do you say that my product works when i go to your facility and you don't have a problem at that time now right. you may have a problem 3 days later but the time i showed up there isn't no, no there isn't any problem that i can particularly identify so how do i tell you that my product actually works right right so so we've had it, it has been quite a journey to do that just to be able to you know uh, so essentially We initially started out begging and pleading our customers. We bought big industrial fans, broke them by hand at the risk of life and limb to our engineers (laughs) to show that we can detect. But when we did that, they said, well, you guys, your fans and your sensory, obviously it works. How does it work for me? Right? And so then we said, okay, how about you just let us in there? We just do it for free for you, just show you that will stay there for a few months and, and catch it and tell you exactly. And slowly and gradually, because we also did the uh, you know uh, university level you know studies and, and all that and nobody believed that. They're like, yeah yeah, they' researchers, who cares? right? What does it do for me? And so over time we build that credibility and it's a painful journey. But without that, you just don't get there. And then part of it was also the idea that we came up with was to data, information data we're going to show you all the data so then what happened was they brought in subject matter experts and who started looking at the data and said yeah this what these guys are telling you that there's an imbalance the signatures are showing imbalance right and suddenly there was a little bit more credibility so they bought five sensors and then you know, 10 sensors then you know gradually they buy more and more of these uh, of our service because of the level of confidence that has and then the other thing is that um it's a different uh, um, uh, issue depending on where in the organization you're at. At right. the lower levels, there's a lot of suspicion of AI. At the higher levels, there's excitement about AI without without a clear understanding of its capabilities and limitations. So, so we have there's a lot of education that has to take place along the way.
1: Yeah. So education, and then it seems like. Uh... A trial period may be necessary as well for them to realize how important this can be to their company
2: right and what what has happened is as we have gathered credibility in different verticals the trials have shrunk i mean initial one was almost six months and now we're down to you know people trying us out for maybe a few weeks awesome So yeah so credibility helps but credibility takes time to build but the challenge with credibility is that you have to be extreme, extremely, extremely uh, straight about what you can or cannot do. Do right. as you say, say as you do every single time. So that, that that's how
1: we did it. That's great. Um, what is the I guess we don't have to get into percentages, but how often do you, you know, uh, do a trial or or educate a company and they they don't move forward with it and what is what is that reason i would imagine money and like you said sometimes it's the the level of the person you're dealing with uh, in that company
2: actually you know that's that's what it is. Uh, uh, fortunately uh, that hasn't happened very often but it does happen from time to time uh, there are two things in industrial sales that we learned. Uh, because I didn't come from the industrial sales background. I mean, I'm an engineer. So uh, it, it, it was a huge, it a huge learning process uh, for us. And, and part of it is if you do not find the right person to speak within the organization, the person, so so there's a cost center and there's a profit center. And then there's, the, there's somebody who has the purse strings and somebody who basically makes recommendations to the purse strings, right? the idea is to find those people who actually have the ability to write the check. That's number one, because otherwise what happens, you can go through this whole thing and get and think you're talking to the right person and, and they'll get you in. And they may have a, a few thousand dollar budget to do a small trial, etc. And then uh, they run into, Oh my God, I don't really have a budget for this uh, solution to be adopted across my company for the year. So the certain questions to ask up front before you get and spend a whole lot of time in these things sure. is well, do you really have a budget for this? I mean, do, do, can you make a decision on that budget? Who makes the decision on that budget? How do you get to that person? So there's a a lot of uh, uh, you almost um, I suppose the term that uh, somebody told some smart sales guy told me is to surround the customer, and uh, and it's a job and a half because uh, you know again if you're not directly doing that kind of sales in every vertical so you do you define one vertical and you kind of figure out how to surround the customer there but then you move to the next one and it's a whole different process right so then you have to have sales who have expertise in every vertical and into selling technology services into that vertical
1: are there any projects uh that your company's working on now that uh you want to tell us about? Maybe it's a, yeah, a secret it's like or something you can uh, unwrap. Well, I mean, I,
2: I, can't, I wouldn't name the company, but uh, one of the largest food processing companies starting a trial in May with us. Awesome. They are, they're a global food processing company. So there's that company. happening. And okay. one of the Fortune, uh, uh, I would say Fortune 50 companies uh, wants to try out our uh, the ultrasonic solution as soon as it's available. That's great. And that's about, I suppose, being August or so.
1: And how was the process uh, getting that company to uh, use your technology? Was it, was that one fairly simple? or?
2: Sorry, you broke a little bit.
1: Um, How was the process dealing with that company, getting them to use your technology?
2: Which one? The, the food processing one? The
1: food processing, yes, sir.
2: Yeah, so essentially we had to show them uh, every piece of what we have done for others. Obviously not showing other people's information because we had to completely remove the names of the companies, et cetera. But what we have done equipment by equipment for different types of equipment and the variety of different things. And and reaching out at an executive level is what we started out with. We found our way to the executive decision-making level. And, and, and basically made a pitch there and said, look, here's what we can do. Here's what we have done in another in vertical, not your vertical, but another vertical, but a motor is a motor is a motor, a pump is a pump is a pump. Yeah, applications vary. And of course our solution has that edge computing ability to focus in on the specific operating environment of the equipment. So it doesn't matter if I did it for one vertical, uh, you know, in your case, the way you're using the equipment, our edge computing uh, sensors, and and that's what our big claim to fame is, that we are, we don't have dumb sensors. We actually have, you know, uh, analytics at the edge. So we, are, you know, who smarts at the edge that we actually are able to uh, adjust to the operating environment and uh, and then deliver. So we showed them evidence after evidence after evidence. So it was basically an evidence-based sale, look, you know, here's what we did with this, here's what we did for this. Here's what You know, and and sometimes you have to uh, ask for favors from existing customers to pick up the phone and say, yeah, they did that. And they saved us all our money.
1: Right. So you're getting some word of mouth uh, as well between the different companies that are currently using your services. Definitely. How much much would you say percentage wise? uh, Is it education versus, you know, the implementation, the trial? Uh,
2: yeah, I don't think you can draw a clear line there. It is a consistent continuous process. So the trial is in itself an education process, right? right. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's you, you educate the customer early on on what your capabilities are. But at the same time, during the trial, you're just not throwing it over the wall and saying, yeah, yeah, try it and see, come back to us. You are consistently engaging the customer and saying, Look here's what it did, and here's why it did it, and here are the things that you uh, that you observe that you would have otherwise not known. So it's a continuous process, you know. But but part, most of it is just education. You gotta educate uh, your customers consistently on the value that you're offering.
1: Right, understood. Education is is key in most things in life. Um, with the, the last year that we've had, uh, what challenges has your company faced? Um whether it's gaining new clients or uh the research and development, expanding, uh what, what challenges have you had to deal with in the last year for Vi Technologies?
2: Oh, last year was brutal. Yeah, 2020 was uh, you know, it, it was a horrible year overall. And, and the biggest challenge that we faced was in selling because industrial sales like this require you to be present, require you to be there and talk to people and shake hands and, 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 and look them in the eye and tell them what, what it is and, and show them what you can do in real life and you know walk them through pieces. Doing that over Zoom, what happened was several factors have. Number one, we had to learn how to sell over Zoom. The customer also had to learn how to buy over Zoom. They had no oh, idea. Right. And, you know, sitting at home with kids running behind you, you're not, you're not going to be able to pay attention. Plus a lot of budgets were there, but they kind of got frozen just from fear, right. fear of COVID and the elections complicated the matter and so just everybody was kind of in this. I got the money, but I don't know if I can spend it. Right? Right. So so a lot of conversations happened. So what we did was we said, look, obviously it's gonna not be easy to make huge sales during this time. So let's do this. Let's build the infrastructure that when we come out of this thing, we can start hitting the green. The green. Hit the ground running and making the sales. And that's what we did. We created the relationships we got, we created the, uh, we set up, uh, uh, you know, uh, partnerships with, you know, uh, sales, uh, sales representatives, independent sales representatives, we brought them in. And so we kind of set the sales infrastructure and the marketing infrastructure and the, you know, all the elements that needed to be set. So that as we were coming out of it, you know, we we, we started, uh, you know, uh, having meaningful and fruitful conversations with customers. And something happened January 1st, 2021, COVID did not disappear. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, but people's minds somehow, it feels like said, okay, enough is enough. We gotta do something about this thing, right? So we started seeing a change in attitude. Now that change in attitude has taken some time to play out. So the first quarter has been more or less yeah people are engaging people are talking people are getting involved and second quarters is when we're seeing po's come out so that's you know so it's been you know that it's been quite a journey
1: well it's great uh you explaining this technology to us it's one of those things that the average person doesn't see when they go to the grocery store when they go to uh buy a car or where you know, the frontline uh, consumers are. So uh, we certainly appreciate you being able to break down this technology for us so we can have a better understanding as to how life is getting more efficient. Uh, you know, industry is being more efficient and uh, what efficient, efficiency usually brings down costs. So that's a good thing as well, because yes, things things aren't getting cheap. So anything that can uh, make life more affordable uh that's great. Um, is there anything else you'd, you'd like to mention before we uh, wrap up today, Raul?
2: Yeah, I mean, I just want to say that you know, first of all, thank you for you know uh, for hosting this, and uh, uh, I think uh, the biggest uh, thing is that this this train of technology, this ability to use edge-based machine learning coupled with uh, back-end AI, et cetera, is the future and it's, it's, it's happening right now it's going to get more and more involved as we go from right now we're in the determination and sensing and reporting kind of scenario and and eventually we'll be going towards autonomous command and control and and i'm really excited about that uh you know that evolution the next step in the whole process
1: right that's awesome well we very much appreciate you being our guest today rahul uh Please let everyone know where they can find out more about you and we Will do, yeah. Thank you very much.
2: Oh, uh, if, uh, about, about us. So you can go to wwwvytechnologies.com or you can just email us at info at That's info at viatechnologies.com or call us at 866-290-8185. That's 866-290.
1: 8185. Excellent. Perfect. Thank you. Rahul, thank you very much for being a great guest today. Uh, I love doing the show because I always learn something new. And uh, I'm sure our listeners learned something as well. Uh, so thank you for being our guest. And we'll thank catch you. everyone on the next episode. Thanks, Rahul.
2: Thank you very much. Take care.
0: Hey, this is Critical CEO Ryan Cousins again. Thanks for listening to this episode of the IoT Idols podcast. If you're an accomplished engineer, inventor, product manager, or technology entrepreneur and would like to be featured on an upcoming episode, please go to critical.com slash podcast slash apply. That's K-R-T-K-L dot com slash podcast slash apply. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend or share it on social media and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you know someone you'd like to have us interview, let them know about the show or tag them on social media using the hashtag IOT Idols. We're always looking for great guests eager to share their stories with our audience. We're regularly posting new episodes, so make sure you subscribe to our podcast, follow us on social media, and join our mailing list at critical.com. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, be excellent.